0: I would say that we have experienced attorneys who have made the decision of the practice area they're in for the very same reason of them the certain practice area let's say family law and they decided They didn't want to be a family law lawyer. And so then they chose something else, whether it was personal injury or estate planning or bankruptcy or criminal or whatever. And it seems like sometimes they have a defining moment in the practice area they're in that goes, I just don't want to be there for this reason, not right or wrong. Or they have a defining moment because they themselves went through a particular personal life experience and they needed the help or somebody in their family needed the help of an attorney in a specific practice area. And that influenced them to have a passion to want to be in that particular area of law. So those clarifying moments happen in both directions. Would you agree? Yeah.
1: And it's interesting that the clarifying moment sometimes changes their identity. And when you see that shift In who they are, like like I love, this happens a lot in Partners Club, is that the attorney goes from, we we do this thing, I am, and they fill in the blank, right? And they go from filling in, I am an attorney, to I am a business owner. And and not all attorneys make good business owners. It, it's, a, it's a different mindset. Now, it's something you can learn. It's a skill you can develop. But when that identity changes or I am a family law attorney to I am a immigration attorney or I am a criminal, those identity changes are very powerful. And that's almost sometimes like a light switch. And they really start going positively in, in that new direction.
2: Hey, Law Firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Mastered podcast. We're your hosts. I'm MPS. And I'm Richard James.
0: And today, MPS, we've got a special guest. This gentleman is a longtime friend of mine. We were friends long before we worked in business together. He beat me at squash regularly on a weekly basis. Embarrassed me, almost, I would say. I, I did my best to keep up. I think he might have let me win one match in the entire year as we played together. And then we realized as we took the journey together, he had just a tremendous amount of value to add into small business owners and how they can get the most out of themselves and the business from a concept of results. So we're going to be on the call today with our chief results
2: officer, Blaine Elkers, right? Yeah, we sure are. And Blaine, first and foremost, welcome on. Super excited to have you here.
1: Gentlemen, thank you for having me on. And for the record, uh, I only won because I refuse to play golf. So if you get Richard (laughs) James on the golf course, look out. He's very good there. Uh, But uh, I've known you guys for a number of years. Very thankful to be on today and looking to serve. How can I serve? I've been working with attorneys uh, in this area of getting results for many years now, and uh, hopefully you can share some things that the listeners can put together, put in use right away. I'm a practical, tactical kind of a guy, not a theory guy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today.
2: Nice. Yeah, we're super lying. excited. And, and one of the things I could say, Blaine, and Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Blaine has been name-dropped in just about every single podcast we've done People love you, Blaine. And so I think this is going to be a a heavily anticipated podcast episode because you just deliver so much value and results to everyone. That never a dull moment when people are sharing you. It's funny that, Michael, you say that because we tell them, look, this
0: podcast isn't about us, right? We don't want it to be promotional about your Practice Mastered or Partners Club or Closing Room or anything like that. What we want it to be is we want it to be inspiring for attorneys who are listening to get inspiration about their practices and how they can grow it and not feel so alone. And so they don't say anything about us, but they always say something about Blaine, which is great. Because he's made such an impact on so many lives. And so I can't wait to unpack some of the gems that he's uncovered through his journey and things that he's given to attorneys that we know and hopefully give a couple of writer downers today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Blaine, to, to kick things off for, for people that don't know you, what's something that some, maybe not everyone knows about you? I,
1: I would say I had, I, I had two, two kind of moments of dawning comprehension that led me to this whole chief results officer thing. But the first one, I, I got lucky in college. So maybe like you listeners out there, I've always been a seeker. Like, how can I do better? How can I get better? And so in college, I saw this ad where you could send away for, I'm going to date myself now, an audio cassette tape. Maybe some people don't even know what that is, but anyway, an audio cassette tape on this book called Think and Grow Rich. Now, it was a double win because when I got the audio tape, it was recorded. The voice on it was Earl Nightingale, which I know you guys know. Mm -hmm. So Earl Nightingale's reading about Think and Grow Rich. So I listen to that tape. I get the book. And that dramatically changes my life. And in in, in the reading of that book, Think and Grow Rich, I realized that what you think about, you bring about – and that kind of led me on this course to be able to, you know, I, I met my wife in college. We're still married, 31 years now. And, and a lot of things lined up for me when I took control of my thinking and realized what I think about, I bring about, and, and took control of my thoughts. And really, so that was dawning comprehension moment one. And then the second one, which I don't know if a lot of people know about me, was I had a, I, my degrees in computer science. So I, I had a good job and I came back from a business trip. I was working a regular corporate job. And I come back from this long business trip and my son, Bo, he's about one year old, he gives me the cold shoulder and I'm like, oh, Beth, is Bo sick? Is there something wrong here? And she goes, no, you were gone so long, he forgot who you were. And I'm like, wait, what? So that night I realized when I was a kid, I came home and nobody was home. Typically both my parents worked and I realized, and I made what I call a clarifying decision. And it's interesting to watch attorneys make a clarifying decision, which really, Focuses all your efforts on one thing. I made a clarifying decision that night. I said, no matter what, I'm going to be a work from home dad. This is what I'm going to do. And it took me a year. I started a couple of businesses. It took me a year. But a year later, I broke free. And I had never gone back. So now I've got about 28 years, I think now, 28 years of working from home. And what that did is that gave me the flexibility to figure out, okay, why does God have me on the planet? And the reason he has me on the planet is that he wants me to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves, something I call self-fluence. And so that that's the company I started in 2009 and, and I've been working really almost since then with Rich on that. So there's a couple of things, a couple of moments that kind of got me to where I am and and made a big difference for me.
0: Um, obviously, a couple of things there. I don't know if everybody knows that you were a computer science major. That's your degree is. So that's kind of cool. But also, you were like work from home. Many moons before work from home was cool, uh, before it was accepted, before there was software and hardware to support it in a way that there is today, there was no Zoom. When you were stay not to date you, but there was no Zoom when you were stay at home, so it wasn't as easy then as it is now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Right now it's a it's a hipper thing to do, but yeah, back then it wasn't. And so yeah, but there there were some tools, there were some conference call lines, and you, you make it happen. But it was I just had that passion to get there. And, and if people, if, if the listeners, if you're listening and you have some real passion for something, you can use that to feed, feed yourself, push yourself to do the things you need to get there. So it was tough. And, and it was funny. My, my wife, Beth was, Beth, was like, well, you can quit your regular job because now we have a second child is on the way, Caitlin. She goes, you can quit your job when you make more money at your side hustle, your work from home stuff. When you make more money than your regular job, then you can leave. So that's what kind of took me a year to to get to that point. But But we got
0: there so you made a living from nine to five and a fortune from five to nine yes
1: yes yes i did
2: nice i i think that's great now i'm curious because we heard some of those awakening moments there right but as we always say my business is no different than your business right so we're speaking to law firm owners here you've been down this entrepreneurial path why don't you share just a little bit about the the journey itself? Because I know you, you gave some highlights of the big moments that made defining moments. But why don't you share the journey itself a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I started working on the corporate side. So I was working at Hewlett Packard when I first came out of college. And and I always did have, I had this entrepreneurial desire. And so I worked a job, but I didn't really like where I worked. So I changed job three times in the first year, not recommended, but it gave me a lot of experience and exposure. And I started making more money as, as I moved around, which some attorneys do initially in their career. And, and then I saved up enough money to actually buy, go into my own business, but I wanted to go into franchising. And so initially I looked at franchising and I looked at a lot of different places and I liked pizza. So I actually went into Domino's Pizza's training program. Now, some people thought I was uh, crazy because I had to go from making a high uh, hourly wage as a computer software engineer to just driving and, and delivering Domino's pizza. But again, if the passion is high, you do what it takes. So I started I don't to drive. I don't to deliver pizzas for a few weeks. I was in the manager and training program and I went through that. I helped this guy open a few stores. And then the way Domino's works is if you're a manager for a year, they'll help you buy a store. So anyway, I bought a store. And I started running that store. And, and that was one of my, my first experiences of running a business. Now, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts, right? And you've got ovens that, could, that, that break down. And you've got people that, that break down and don't show up. And so I really got a sense of, of how to run a business and how committed you have to be to run a business. It's not always easy. Um, but when you get good people... And when you get good systems like Rich and, and you teach, it, it makes it a lot easier. And so I, I think there's a lot of tools and we could talk about some of those great tools that are available today that weren't even available back then. But then again, you know, life throws you an event. And so uh, one night at uh, past midnight, I'm, I'm in my domino store with another driver. We we're cleaning up and stuff. And we hear a big crash. Somebody throws a brick through the, through the front door, comes in. Ski mask, gun, all amped up on some kind of drugs. Sticks the gun in my chest and and, and says, "Give me all the money." And we're like, "The money's in the time delayed safe. Uh, The combination's on the safe. It doesn't open for fifteen minutes." There's about a hundred bucks in the till, so he took that and he ran away. And they never caught him or anything. But anyway, that was another kind of moment of dawning comprehension. That wasn't the right business for me, and so I sold it to my manager at the time. And I went back to software development, programming computers. And so that was a very humbling moment because uh, um, now I was a good worker. So one of the principles I live by, which hopefully the listeners are living by, is is going the extra mile. Right? It's, it's never crowded. It's never crowded along the extra mile. So I always went the extra mile. So I hadn't done any computer work for five years. But I went back to my that empo- my last employer and they hired me back as a contractor. And, and it was a 90-day trial period or whatever, but they hired me back. But when I went back, then it's like in the hallways, hey, pizza boy, didn't make it, huh? It was very humbling. But anyway, I got back on my feet and then I got a job in the same field. And that company actually ended up moving me out into Arizona. And then I went on to where I got to that point where I talked about with, with my son. So I've learned a lot from those different businesses. Now, I started a business called Quality Research Personnel, which was like a, a placement firm for computer engineers, like what I was. So a friend of mine and I, we, we did that. And then I started another business selling health products. And so those are the business that kind of launched me in, in my into my career. And then a number of years into that, I met Rich at a mastermind, a local mastermind in Phoenix. We became friends and we started masterminding. And so then when the Partners Club started, Rich said, hey, I would a mindset person, someone to come in here and help with the mindset and help with the implementation. And that's what I loved. I love helping people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves, This self-fluence. So anyway, I think that was a match made in heaven. I don't know, Rich, how long ago, how many years ago was that? Was that 2014?
0: 2014. 2008 is when you and I met, 2014 is when we had our very first club event. But I want to plus one on something that you said there, Blaine, because you had this clarifying moment that business wasn't for you. And I would say that we have experienced attorneys who have made the decision of the practice area they're in for the very same reason. Some of them worked as in the certain practice area, let's say family law, and they decided They didn't want to be a family law lawyer. And so then they chose something else, whether it was personal injury or estate planning or bankruptcy or criminal or whatever. And it seems like sometimes they have a defining moment in the practice area they're in that goes, I just don't want to be there for this reason, not right or wrong. Or they have a defining moment because they themselves went through a particular personal life experience and they needed the help or somebody in their family needed the help of an attorney in a specific practice area. And that influenced them to have a passion to want to be in that particular area of law. So those clarifying moments happen in both directions. Would you agree? Yeah.
1: And it's interesting that the clarifying moment sometimes changes their identity. And when you see that shift in who they are, like, like I love this happens a lot in partners club is that the attorney goes from, we we do this thing. I am, and they fill in the blank. Right. And they go from filling in. I am an attorney to, I am a business owner. And and not all attorneys make good business owners. It, it's, a, it's a different mindset. Now, it's something you can learn. It's a skill you can develop. But when that identity changes, or I am a family law attorney to I am a immigration attorney, or I am a criminal, those identity changes are very powerful. And that's almost sometimes like a light switch. And they really start going positively in, in that new direction.
2: I think that's great. I, Blaine, I, I'm curious because I, I want to I lean in a little bit from the experience you've had working with attorneys, right? Because that's who we're speaking with here. So I, from, from a perspective of you just get in, you meet with a new attorney, wh- what would you say from a mindset perspective is something that you see off the bat? You notice that this is a flip of a switch. If they just change this, things will start to get more clear for them. Did you ever notice that? Like,
1: yeah, I, I think so. And and there's this idea of getting results, and I, I try to make it as simple as possible, like moving from point A to point B. And there's there's point B, your destination, A, where you start, and then the journey is that line. And, and I try to keep it simple, but there are frameworks that are very practical and very tactical and very like self-evident. There's all kinds of science that I could talk to the attorney about, but really it's so self-evident that if they'll just do a few things, they begin moving in in that direction. So I, over the years, I've developed a lot of frameworks. And and now maybe I oversee maybe 20,000 weekly check-ins a year. And many of those are attorneys. And But when I first meet with an attorney, getting them, it's the clarity or the lack of clarity. That happens, that that's what's holding them back. Is they don't know what they really want. And that's the main thing is what do you really want? What do you want most? And so what's interesting is like in that book, Think and Grow Rich, the original one, the very first page says, What do you want most? And Napoleon Hill says, Don't read this book until you figure that part out. Right now, I'm not saying it has to be the life purpose, epiphany, or whatever, but you have to know. Where you want to go and you got to get real clear on that. And when we talk with attorneys and we start to working with them and they get that clarity, we force them also to prioritize the clarity. Right. So I almost talk about, I, I almost, I talk about this idea of the importance ladder right? Because someone will say, I want to be home for dinner. I want to be able to be there for my family, but I also want to double my business this year. Okay. These can be competing priorities. So you have to decide at this time, maybe for the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you need to put the family on high priority, or maybe it's the opposite that you can put the business on the high priority. But I think the number one thing is clarity. That's what comes first. Where do you want to go? And if you just get that, if you just get that, and you you know what you think about you bring about, and you focus your thoughts on that, things will begin to appear. Now we get into the science of why those things appear and the reticular activating system and how the brain works. Um, but if you focus on that stuff, opportunities will appear for you to move in that direction.
0: so curious, you you mentioned the A, the B, the journey, and where where they want to be. A couple of unpacked questions on that first. When you meet with attorneys, do you find more of them care about the A, where they are, the B, where they want to be, or C, the journey? Do do, do you find a clarifying moment there?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's interesting that maybe 60%, like if I ask them what's the most important, about 60% say the B, like they understand that, and then maybe 20% will say A where I am today and then you know 10% is the A and then the 20% is the journey. So there are some people that really want to enjoy the journey. And 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 that's what life can be about. Now once you know where you want to go, that point B, then the journey and moving towards the point B becomes the most important. But yeah, I, I think sometimes it's a little bit of a paradigm shift to get people to realize they've got to pick that 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 endpoint, that journey first. And then begin to move towards it. that's what's going to make them happy and that's you are you are physically wired for progress. That's why when you do the right things, you get dopamine, serotonin, these brain chemicals it's uh, the battle of the brain chemicals here. and if you can keep those in the right direction, you're going to feel good, you're going to have the energy to do what you want, and you're going to move towards that. Now, you don't always move at the pace you want. your brain can go, goes faster than reality typically, but when you get locked in on where you want to be. You're going to find that your motivation goes up. You're, and when, some, when an attorney is struggling, I'll say, where are you going? Where do you want to be? And if they can't articulate that, they're just stuck. And, and maybe they're just stuck in the mud almost, right? They're just spinning their tires. And some of that is very hard to deal with because many times the business model is wrong. And that, that man, that it's gut-wrenching when you see an attorney and let's say they're working in the bankruptcy field and they just can't make it work. And, and it's because the model is broken. Their business model is broken. They don't have the right marketing. They don't have the right workflow. And and typically, if I'm honest, they don't have the right pricing structure, which you guys teach very well. And and that's holding them back because if the model's wrong, they're never going to have that profit. They're never going to be happy. So anyway, there's a lot involved there, but I think it's gaining that clarity on where you want to be and then moving towards that is, is the main thing that I try to get them to do initially.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that B for a second as a question. The B, where they want to be, what they want to have. This can be just about anything, correct? But they just need to be really crystal clear. So not, I just want to be successful. So like your clarifying B was, I want to be a stay-at-home, work-from-home dad. That was your very crystal crystal clear defining moment, right? I want a business that allows me to take July and December off and have it still grow and run without me there. That's a very clarifying moment. I built this practice on purpose with that goal in mind. An attorney may want to reach a certain dollar amount in gross sales or a certain income amount in net income. They may j- derive their success for some reason, strange as it may be, from number of employees on their team, it may be number of clients served, it may be free days that they have But my point is, it does need to be specific. Is that right, Blaine?
1: Yeah, it's much more powerful, right? And the more specific it is, right? It's almost like the lantern going into the laser, right? So the more defined it can be, the better your mind can give you the right stuff right? You know, to make it happen. And we often talk about, you hear people say it needs to be a smart goal. We actually like to say it needs to be a smarter goal. That means specific, measurable, achievable, realistic for you. Have a timetable, be energizing and be recorded or written down. And the energizing is so key. Like someone can tell me their point B and if they're not excited about it, like, it doesn't have enough power. It doesn't have enough juice. That's that is not your God-given point B. That is not where that is not if it's not exciting for you to get there, then it's not the it's not the right thing. And you can have m- multiple B's, right? You could have a B about getting home for dinner every night or you know going on that taking July off. And you could also have a business B. You can have many B's. And but in the end, the B's do have to go on the the importance ladder there because you're you have to decide you have to make decisions in the now in the real time on what you're going to do and that comes down to bees and the priorities or importance or value of those bees. Hmm.
2: I think that importance ladder is so powerful personally. I think that's a it's a very valuable concept and one that should be adopted because I think it helps in decision making, in determining where Items are on your scale. Blaine, I know you have a plethora of daily success habits, (laughs) but I'm curious, this is a two part question. What do you personally do on a daily basis that contributes to your continued success and then what is maybe something an attorney could do on a daily basis that can contribute to their continued success?
1: Yeah. Good question. And uh, yeah, so I, I am probably a, a consistency nut, so to speak. I, I'm really driven by consistency. And so I, I just checked my, my number one consistent habit. Is one thousand nine hundred seventy-four days in a row? I, I checked it right before I got on here today, a- and for me, that's this uh, a Bible app. So there's a Bible app, a, you know, U version Bible app. It tracks every day that you go in there, and I've done a Bible plan or Bible study, you know, now for over nineteen hundred days in a row.
0: But now you're making me check mine to see what mine. There you
1: go. Uh, <laughs> but the key here is uh, I'll give you a couple things. One is I do have this very simple framework called the 21-second habit. How to create a new habit in 21 seconds, not 21 days. And it's a three-step thing. But one of the big things is habit linking, right? It's linking the new habit to an existing habit. So when I said to myself, okay, Blaine, there's a couple of things you want to do every day, every single day. The Bible app is one. The second one, which is it's a, an insight into what an attorney could do, is I wanted to take a mind shower. Every day. Now A lot of people take a physical shower, you wash your body or, if it, or else it stinks, right? The same thing with your mind. If you don't clear clean your mind out, it's going to have a lot of head trash. It's going to have a lot of trash. So what I did is I wanted to have it linked to something. And I said, what do I do every single day without fail every morning? Every morning, I, I don't need any willpower to open up my phone. That happens every single morning. It's the first thing. Now, sometimes the alarm's going off there, but you know what? My, my son was, it was actually just moved back from Denmark, but I want to check messages. I want to check bank accounts and orders and emails and news. And like the whole world is waiting for me in that phone. And I have a high desire to want to check that. So what I did is I moved all the apps off my home page on my phone and I just put the Bible app and then Headspace, which is a kind of a meditation app that I could use for the mind shower. And so what I said is when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to open the phone and when I open it, there it is only those two apps. I have to do those apps before I'm allowed to touch anything else in the phone. So I did the habit linking, but then I also did what's called urge surfing. So I'm surfing the urge to want to go check all that stuff and I'm using that energy to get me to do the Bible app. And the mind shower. Now the mind shower, I like a ten-minute mind shower. But if I only have two or three minutes, I'll just do a real quick one, right? But I, I'm not going to break the streak because psychologically, I, I want to keep winning. I want to keep winning. So one last tip. So that's the habit linking, which you can do with anything. A lot of times, next day planning is a very simple one. If you plan out the day, you're much more effective. I had an attorney, and she wanted. She says, "I'm not doing next day planning." And I said, Ann, what do you do first thing in the morning?" He says, "I have a cup of coffee." I said, "Every morning, do you? Do, is any willpower required for that?" She goes, "No." I said, do you have a fancy machine like my wife that grinds the beans and it smells really good? And she goes, yeah. I said, great. Put a, pe- a pad of paper and a pen by the coffee maker or on top of the coffee maker. And I want you to brew the coffee, make the coffee, smell the coffee, but you cannot taste the coffee until you start that daily list for the day. Now, if the daily list is all done, by all means, enjoy the coffee, right? But that that habit linking, again, with the urge to want to drink the coffee makes that new habit basically happen immediately, 21 seconds and, and continue on. All right, last tip is that this is the newest thing. To interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Before you get to the next tip, to interrupt you. The one, you've taught me so much, but the one thing that I use relentlessly is habit linking. It is, everybody thinks, how long does it take to form a new habit? There's answers all over the place, right? 21, 49, I've seen all sorts of answers about how long it takes to make a new habit. The answer is no, with your habit linking formula, it's instantaneous, if there's something that you do every single day and you need to start a new habit, that's going to be every single day, just attach it or link it to that existing habit. And it happens instantly. It is the best biohack I have ever heard. And you taught it to me, heck, whatever that is, 16 years ago now. Yeah. Anyway, it, it just is a shout out. It's a, my, I don't know, Michael, do you find yourself using it as well?
2: Oh yeah, I, I link it to a lot of things. I need to get better about linking it to Duolingo, but I was gonna actually talk about streaks and how you just talked about streaks and psychologically you do not wanna break that streak. And an app like Duolingo with those streaks, I, like, I cannot miss a day of doing that. I physically just won't allow myself to miss a day doing it. So I think habit linking in addition to just psychologically wanting to keep up on a streak of something, is super powerful.
1: Yeah. And you hit on something there. When people psychologically, when you get three or four days in a row, you don't want to break the streak. So I started Duolingo 88 days ago. I know that because that's my streak. Now, I'm also overly competitive. So I can go into like word review in my Duolingo for Spanish. I can go in word review, tell it that I cannot listen right now. And I can do that in 21 seconds, that little exercise. So I do have it down yep. to a science. Now, I like to do it more than that, obviously. But anyway, you're so right on those streaks. It's And there's so many things you can have it linked to. Getting up, getting dressed or driving to work, stopping at a stoplight, brushing your teeth. There's so many, we are all habit masters. And there's some things you do weekly uh, or some things you do more than once a day. So there's lots of different ways to link this stuff for sure.
2: Yes, and I know we, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I know we took you off path a little bit there, but I think you were going to go into one additional point that you yeah, were, you were one making.
1: One last tip, and this is hot off the presses, meaning that Partners Club, this organization is Mastermind of Attorneys. We have a, a newsletter called Kneecap to Kneecap. And, and so every month I write an article about getting results. And so the article that I just put in there was the, the success that a number of attorneys, actually Joe and Eric, they, they had a lot of success with this one thing, that radically changed their results overnight. And, and not only, it changed their results. They were in a better mood. They got more done. Uh, they were better for their family. And it just radically changed them. And it was pretty simple. And you may have heard this before, but I'm telling you the power, if you unleash this power in your own day, uh, it will pay big dividends. And what they did is they got into work two hours earlier than they normally would get in. Right. So instead of going in at like nine, I think they get in at seven or instead of eight, maybe it's six. And so what happens is just that now they're a little tired the first couple of nights. But they said after they did it for a few nights, then they just started going to bed a little bit earlier. And that nighttime time wasn't that productive for them anyway. But when they get into work early, maybe you can only do an hour, but whatever it is. But when they get in there early, first of all, they can clean up the mess from yesterday before the day starts. They also they they, they feel like they're ahead the whole day because they're getting stuff done. they By the time the the world starts knocking at their door, they've gotten a couple of hours of work done and they feel great about it. Joe mentioned that he gets home for dinner. He's able to go to the kids' activities. He feels like a better father. Just all these benefits psychologically and physically with getting the work done from just making that change. Now it takes a little bit of a commitment and occasionally they fall off the wagon and they get back on, but that's something that just getting up a little bit earlier, and before the world attacks you, doing something for yourself, getting your stuff done, moving your needle will, will pay a big dividend. that, that you Try it for three days. I guarantee you'll put some form of it into your life.
0: That, that accountability that happens or is required when you fall off is really important. So obviously I know who you're talking about and they use our dashboard communication tool to make themselves accountable to the group that they're doing this on a daily basis. And there's a couple of challenges going on in our world right now. One's a physical challenge, one is this challenge about getting air a little bit early. And and in both cases, the ones who make themselves accountable to this are the ones that seem to stick to it. And so some accountability helps in this, would you agree?
1: A hundred percent. It's probably studies are three to 400 times the results when there's some kind of accountability, especially if it's written, if it's to another person. And remember, it could be small, it could be just you write it to yourself, that's okay. Not that, not super powerful, but having some other person accountable to your actions for someone other than yourself, super powerful. So powerful. That is one of the backbones of the framework that I teach that we use uh, with uh, the Partners Club that we use with that is a weekly kind of implementation accountability meeting. And I know if I said to myself a year and a half ago, I said, I, I, I want to get healthier, I want to eat a piece of fruit every day. And I want to have a salad every day, not just fruit and salad, but I want to have one of those every day. And I know if I just did that myself, I, I may have some success. But if I start a challenge where I, I go out and on Facebook and I say, who wants to do this? And maybe I'll give a thousand dollars to someone who can do it longer than me. Okay. Now, not only do I have my, I, I'm on board, but my wife Beth is on board because she doesn't want me to give up a thousand dollars. So I, I did that, not this last January, the January before. And so we had 26 people Piece of fruit and a salad every day. For about six weeks, after six weeks, we were down to six. After a year, we were down to three. And now we're at two, but we had someone else to join us along the way. So there's three of us still doing it. But for the last year and a half, I've posted a picture of my fruit and my salad every single day on Facebook. And that after we were going to do it a year, but then we're just like, let's just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I feel better. I'm eating better. There's just a lot of things that happen. But again, yes, accountability will dramatically improve your results.
2: Yeah, I always look forward to uh, Blaine's fruit and salad post on Facebook. It's It's been a great streak, Blaine. <laughs> look, there's probably a, a myriad of things to have you fired up today, have you excited about. But for, for you, w- what is that? What's got you most fired up and excited today?
1: I, I think it's just feeling God put me on the planet for a certain reason to help people take control of their lives or take control of themselves. And I'm doing it. That's the most exciting to me. So figuring out ways to do more of that, right? Ways to reach more people, right? To help more people. Just this week, Rich and I were were masterminding about ways that, that we could take some of this. We're doing it for attorneys, but how could we also do it for their staff? So I started a pilot test program for that. So just got a lot of different pilot test programs on things that I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm also, I was certified by this guy, Dr. Robert Cialdini. Some attorneys may know him, The Power of Influence. He wrote a very famous book. Uh, He's one of the world leading experts in social psychology, probably the godfather of persuasion. And I got certified from him. I took a class from him directly, but he just came out with a new certification program and he invited me back into that. So I'm excited to to get back into that a little bit more and, and use that on the personal side, to help people use his principles, not just to influence people in business, but to influence themselves. So those are probably the things I'm most excited about right now.
0: I know the answer to this question. I'm curious if you have a different answer now. But so my question was going to be, what book would you recommend if there's a reader out there or they want to listen to it? But I happen to know the behind the scenes you actually rewrote Think and Grow Rich in a workbook together because that book literally changed your life. So you can talk a little bit about the book you wrote if people wanted to get it. But aside from Think and Grow Rich, where would you point people as are trying to learn more about?
1: It? I think yeah, the number one book. I have this book, Think and Grow Rich, the Book Study Edition, which is three books in one. But I found that people read the wrong version, so it changed. There's some missing instructional pages. So anyway, I wanted to bring back the original, but also. I had written a little guidebook, so I put that in the front. And then I did a book study. So every chapter, gives you a powerful sentence, the key insights, and maybe action steps from each chapter. So all three of those books are in one book. So that's that's what I have there.
0: Can they get that on Amazon?
1: No, actually, I sell that directly, masteringtgr.com is where I, okay. I sell that. And, and so outside of that, there's so many good books. I think from a business standpoint, I like this book called Get a Grip, which is basically the story version of a book called Traction, which is this entrepreneurial operating system. I, I see a lot of attorneys, uh, again, shift their identity into being a business owner uh, when, when they go through that book, uh, Get a Grip. So I, I think that would probably be my kind of my business book of choice at the moment.
0: Nice, yeah. I obviously love get a grip. We studied that with the partners club members, and I agree with you. When we when they embrace that, they start to identify who they are. Not you know, and we we've been talking about this a little bit, right? This framework of to put some icing on this cake, the attorneys fall into four basic categories, right? They're the attorney who does everything themselves. Maybe they have a single part-time assistant or something, but they do kind of everything that themselves, we used to call it, keep it small, keep it all, but they wear every hat. They do the admin, they do the legal, they do the finance, they do the sales, they do everything. And then you have the manager, right? So the next quadrant would be the manager, which is an attorney that has maybe a few employees or a handful of employees. And they're re- they really still have this mindset that if it's gonna get done by me, but they still have these people help them with tasks. And so there's somewhat of a manager, but they still carry the burden and the bit more the firm grows, the more they work. And then you have attorneys who graduate into the CEO role who actually progress into the position of being able to have the firm run by leadership and can leverage the different pipelines that are available to them. And then finally you have this investor role and that's the attorney who who no longer works in the law. They no longer work in the firm. They're just an investor standing outside of their firm looking for the different leverage points and using strategy and the tactics put together for the right instances to really move their firm to the next level. And w- watching them read, get a grip, If depending on what stage they're in, especially if they're in the attorney stage or maybe in that initial manager stage, and then starting to see themselves in a different light. It's really fun to, to watch them utilize the tactics you've given them on how to get more results. Uh, from the chief results officer himself, as well as the tactics that the book give them, and they have this change in mindset of they don't have to be stuck in this one quadrant if they like the opportunity that the other quadrant offers them. And so it's fun to watch that evolution happen. And I, man, you have been a huge conduit for bringing success to attorneys in our world, and of course business owners all over the globe that you've worked with throughout the years. So I just appreciate you and not only coming on here and sharing your wisdom, but what you've done for us as a program, what you've done for our members. There's no doubt there's a reason why they always mention you. Um, You're the kindest soul. I have ever met in my life there, you, you don't have a mean nasty bone in your body or if you don't I've never seen it in the 16 years I've known you so you are just a super awesome human and I'm just honored that you're in our world so thank you for being on today and there's some, by the way, there's so much more we could unpack individual ideas that we can have you back on again because we just brushed over the surface of all of this stuff but I, I appreciate you giving a nugget or two that they could sink their teeth
1: into. yeah I love it and I will also say right back to you guys this part. Club, I've seen more attorneys transformed through that program than any place else. And what I also like is I've watched those attorneys go through those quadrants you mentioned, but I've also watched you really help the attorney you perfect the quadrant they want to be in. Because some of those people keep it small, keep it all. They just want to figure out how can I do this quadrant better? And, and so uh, those tools and resources are there and, and it's fun to watch those lives change. So you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work.
2: Thank you, Blaine. And I also just want to thank you for for coming on today. And of course, everything you do for all of the clients, it's fun to watch. And again, no doubt why you're so highly regarded by everybody. I am curious for people that do want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah. The easiest thing is just go to BlaineTEDX.com. So B-L-A-I-N-E-T-E-D-X.com. That's, uh, I, I did a TED Talk where I talk about a, a simple, elegant way to remind yourself of your goal more than 100 times a day. So that, that's cool. But once you do that, you'll have my email. You can reach out to me if I can help you in any way. I, I'd, I'd love to do it.
2: Nice. Yes. Thank you very much for coming on again. I just want to say to the law firm owners that are out there listening to today's podcast, I hope you got value. Around here, we have something called the Gentleman's Agreement. What we ask for is if this isn't your first time listening or watching the show, we kindly ask that you make sure to hit that like button, comment down below. But most importantly, Hit that follow or subscribe button, depending on the platform you're listening or watching on. And look, this was the episode with Blaine. This stuff is very applicable and helpful to a lot of different business owners. So if you want to share this with a colleague, it's always uh, refreshing and recommended to do. But again, Blaine, I appreciate you and to the law firm owners. Appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. The bad news is time flies. The good news, you're the pilot. So pilot my attorney friends, pilot well.
0: I love it. This is a good episode, Michael. Thanks for taking the uh, reins and running with it.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys. See you on the next pod.